0: Let's open our Bibles to the book of Proverbs this morning. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, has something to say to us as we celebrate Labor Day. Proverbs 14, verse 23 says this. I want you to listen to it. In all labor there is profit. In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for allowing us to be here. It's by your grace we are here. You've made this appointment with us. We're not here by chance or happenstance. You wanted to meet with us. Thank you we live in a free country that we can do that. And thank you for those who even now are defending our freedom on foreign soil around the world. And Father, be with our missionaries who are helping to spread your word, the word, the good news about Jesus Christ. And Lord, they're all over the world, many in dangerous places, even having to hide. Father, be with our Christian brothers and sisters. We won't meet this side of heaven who are persecuted simply for the name of Jesus. We thank you for our blessings. Let us not forget them. And as we leave this place, let us go forth knowing we have met with you and we've been obedient to your word. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I want to look this morning at the prophet of labor. Uh, When I graduated high school and I'd been called to uh, pastor, I went to Washita and And uh, began to do my schooling there. And, And I don't have very much sympathy with kids who tell me they can't work and go to school. I work full time, at least 50 hours a week, and took a full load and graduated in four years. So I don't have any sympathy. I don't have any sympathy. You know, Elizabeth tells me I shouldn't be so mean. I said, well, I am. So that's just my nature. But what I noticed about college and seminary was God always provided me a job. It just wasn't always the job I would have chosen. Okay, A lot of the jobs were sort of humbling, uh, boring, uh, tedious. They were jobs. They call it work for a reason. Uh, for instance, in college, I simply worked as a dishwasher at the Holiday Inn in Arkadelphia. At, uh, I went there, and that was when you could still smoke in the restaurant, and people would take their nasty cigarettes and throw them into the cups, and I'd have to clean those out because it couldn't go into the dishwasher like that. Or they'd put it in their potatoes and gravy, and I'd have to screen that off. And and then uh, we'd have big banquets, you know, all kinds of people coming in, and and the worst people were the football players. I'm sorry. It looked like a pig pen in there. We'd feed 200 football players, and it was was awful, okay? Uh, But my uncle gave me some good advice before I started college. He said this, Gary, always remember why you work. Why I work? Well, I work to earn money. No, that's not why you work. Well, I, I, I got to pay my bills. No, that's not why you work. I said, okay. He said, if you forget the why, I don't care what job you have or profession you're in or position you hold, you will wilt without knowing the why of work. You see, when we understand the why of work. It brings contentment in whatever God has given us to do. What is the why of work? The why of work is pleasing God. Do we understand that whatever we do, we work for the Lord? If you're a Christian, it doesn't matter what God has called you to do, you work for Him. The why of work is to please Him in what He's called you to do. Don't ever forget that or you start to wilt in wherever you're at and it becomes a drudgery rather than a joy. And so I want to look at the profit of labor this morning to remember some things about why we work in pleasing God. The first one is this. We have profit because we provide for our families. We provide for our families. See, it's noble to do that. that. That is the noble part of work. It profits our families when we can provide for them through good, honest labor. It's a good example for them that there's nothing wrong with a good job. I get rather disturbed when I talk to some people today and, and they have this idea that some kinds of work are beneath them. I have scrubbed toilets. I've cleaned up vomit from the drunks. Uh, I could keep going on. Just some very but that. unpleasant things, but it was a way for me to witness to a lost world. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But what I understood was, that's where God had for me at that point, and so it helped provide for my family and my needs. And we need to understand that. That's the noble part of work. You see, any... Legitimate job is honorable to God. Did you understand that? But the second thing is the negligent. First Timothy 5.8 talks about those who are negligent. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. See, one of the greatest blessings God gives us is the ability to work. God gives us the health to work. He gives us the jobs we have. He gives that so that we can provide for ourselves and for our families. And we should thank Him wherever we are and it will change our work atmosphere. Do we understand, oh, Brother Gary, you don't know where I work. No, I don't. There's some bad places to work. I understand that. I've worked in some of them. And there's some good places to work. I've worked in many of them. But the greatest blessing, one of them, is that we provide for our families. Now, men, I want you to perk up, not go to sleep and turn me out. Yes, we provide for our families, but the greatest danger in providing for our families is that work becomes more important than our families. We want to work, we want to succeed, we'll make more money, we'll get more stuff for our families. But I'm providing for my family. If you're not there to give your time, you're not providing for your family. If you're not there to give spiritual leadership, you're not providing for your family. Well, well, Brother Gary, no, you listen. God is God, and He'll give you the job you need, but you're not to worship that job. And I meet Christian men all the time that are good Christian men, but they have turned that job into an idol. Don't do that. There's profit in all labor. Is the way it was said, and there he is. But you see, we need to thank God that he gives us the ability to work and earn a living to provide our needs. The second thing is this. We pierce the marketplace when we work. We pierce. P-I-E-R-C-E, if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. We pierce the marketplace when we work. Now, what do I mean by that? See, I want to start with Character. Here's what I mean by character. You see, labor is a very good way to influence our world. We talk about impacting our community. Let me tell you something. When you're a Christian and everybody at work knows you're a Christian, that impacts your community. The way we work matters. You see, I think one of the greatest untapped harvest fields in our day is where Christians work. Well, I can't. Oh, yeah, you can. You pierce the marketplace. You see, Jesus told us in Luke 14, 23, to go into the highways and byways and bring them in. He told us of, of searching until finding in the three parables in Luke chapter 15. He told us in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, that we were the salt and light of the world. It speaks of our character. We are changed because we belong to Jesus Christ. We are called to work worthy of the calling to which we are called. And that includes our workplaces. But as soon as you have character in the workplace, you need to have contact. Have you ever noticed that salt doesn't do any good if it stays in the salt shaker? Salt is supposed to be out of the salt shaker. I can just see it sitting there, and you got a big old baked potato with butter and sour cream and cheese. that needs a little salt and pepper. And beside it, it's this big old steak, about a 20-ounce T-bone. You can have yours the way I want. I want mine at least medium-rare. And then I'm going to sprinkle a little salt on it. And then I might have a salad. I doubt it. Well, yeah, maybe. But see, salt has to come into contact to bring flavor, to preserve. And it doesn't do any good to walk into a dark room and think you're going to see when you don't turn the lights on. Light has to come into contact with the darkness to drive it away. Why is our world so dark? Because Christians are hiding Their light under a bushel. In the workplace especially, we're to have contact with those around us. I want you to think about this for a minute. Jesus entered our world and he just didn't go to the synagogues. Did you realize that he walked in the sinner's lives, he touched the lepers, he associated with prostitutes, he ate with heathens. That's a fancy word for heathen, okay? Because if you're really bad, you're a heathen. That's what my grandma used to call me, you little heathen. But what I'm trying to get you, you see, we're to go to penetrate human society, to the marketplace. The church gathers on Sunday, but it scatters Monday through Saturday to penetrate our world with salt and with light. And the best place to do that is where we work to be an influence for good for Jesus in the place we work. Think of how that would change our workplaces if every Christian there was salt and light. It would never be the same. It would go from a place where you dread going to work to a place where those that don't know Christ dreaded going to work. They're going to get saved. Is it easy? No. But it's what we're to do. We're to pierce the marketplace with our work. So those are two other things for work. We provide for our families. We pierce the marketplace. The third one is this. We promote the kingdom. Promote the kingdom. Yes, you see, our work is our ministry. Ephesians 4.1 says this. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to have a walk worthy of the calling with which you're called. You're called to be Christians. Walk worthy. Especially at work. 2 Corinthians 5.18 tells us, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Who has reconciled the world to himself through Jesus Christ. And has now given us the ministry of reconciliation. Later on in that same chapter in verse 20 he says, We're therefore now ambassadors for Christ. We represent him wherever he has planted us. What's the method? Listen to me. I don't care if you're a preacher or a teacher, a banker or a builder, a carpenter or a computer programmer, a salesman or a sideshow operator. Some of you will figure that out here in a little bit. Our job is to promote the kingdom. I used to go to Siloam Springs, a church camp every year, and I met this fellow that was there and... Uh, he was a volunteer youth worker in his church, and he was there every year. I went there for 18 years before I started going to our camp. I like our camp better. But I saw him there several years in a row, and I asked him what he did for a living. He said, this is what I do. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, now I work at the at the nuclear plant at Russellville to earn money, but this is my living to do ministry to these kids. And I thought, wow, that's that's different. But isn't that the way it's supposed to be? You see, how different would it be if we promoted the kingdom? What would the face of American business look like if everybody promoted the kingdom? You see, years ago, uh, somebody, my sister, taught me to be the contractor for the house we built. Never again. But luckily, I had a few men here in the church who would tell me who to hire and this and that. And Here's what I learned that was very disappointing to me. I had one guy. He didn't know Christ. I witnessed to him, witnessed to him. He did not know Christ. He was just an old hippie, and he didn't want anything more to do with Jesus. But everything he told me was done exactly like he said it would, on time, and for the exact price. I heard three or four Christians. I'm going to put that in quotations, Mark. They went to church. I'm not going to name the churches they went to. Some were Baptist. Some were Assembly of God. One was a Pentecostal guy. Every one of them took me for more money than they bid because they knew I wasn't going to raise a fit because I was the pastor. So It was more expensive and and they'd have to come back and if I could get them to come back and do it right. Don't do that. See, that is not... Promoting the kingdom of God in our workplaces. By the way, some of them were silly enough to use me for a reference for other jobs. And then they got upset when I gave the reference I thought they deserved. (laughs) I wasn't ugly. I didn't lie. But I did tell the truth. Okay, the fourth thing. So we... Provide for our families. We pierce the marketplace. We promote the kingdom. The fourth thing we do, we present to others. See, work sometimes isn't about us and our family. Sometimes it's about other folks. Maybe they have bad health. Maybe their financial resources are strained. and Maybe they just need help. They're less fortunate than we are. Ephesians 4.28 says this. Let him who stole steal no longer. Amen. But then we go on to the rest of it. But rather... Let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he might have something to give to him who has need. Sometimes it just feels good. God blesses us. We have a little bit extra. There's a need presented to us. And in the name of Christ, we can meet that need. We can present it to others. It's one of the purposes, the wise of work. <laughs> Andrew Carnegie. When he died, they were cleaning out his desk, and the people that had cleaned it out got this little paper he had wrote in his 20s, and it was goals for life. He had two goals in his life, one of the richest men ever in America. Here's what he said. He said, I want to spend the first half of my life accumulating as much money as I can, and he did. And I want to spend the second half of my life giving it all away, and he did. Money was not his God. Work was not his God. He realized that God had gifted him to make money, and he gave it away to those people who had needs. (laughs) The last thing is this, number five. We work to please the Lord. When we work, we please the Lord. You see, the why, the reason, I think I put the reason in there in your outline. If you remember, way back in 1984, a movie came out called, Uh, Chariots of Fire. If you haven't watched that movie, you need to see it, some of you younger folks. It depicts the true life and the struggles of Harold Abrams and Eric Liddell. They were two men aiming for the 1924 Olympics trying to win a gold medal. But how they went about it was totally different. You see, Eric Liddell said this, He said, God created me for a purpose. He was going to the mission work in China. And he eventually did that and died there on the field. But he said to his sister who was complaining about him always running these track meets, he said, do you not understand? Yes, I know I'm going to China. That's God's purpose. But he made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Harold Abrams was trying to beat everybody, and at that time you couldn't hire coaches, but he did. He used every trick in the book he could. It was coming time for the Olympics, and they scheduled Liddell's race on a Sunday, and he would not run. So he ran a different race. that He wasn't supposed to be able to win the next day and won a gold medal. Abrams won a gold medal too, and at the end... One felt God's pleasure, Liddell. held Abrams said this, even after winning it. He said, I'm 24. I've never known contentment. I'm forever in pursuit and don't know what I'm chasing. He didn't run for God. And he was totally frustrated. <laughs> Our work, the reality of it is, is this. It profits us. It pleases God. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 say this. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not as to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. As your pastor, my encouragement to you wherever you work. Remember why. Because it pleases God. And be a Christian in your workplace. Because it pleases God. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? See, when we remember work that it provides for our families, it pierces the workplace, it promotes the kingdom, it allows us to present to others what they need, and it pleases the Lord, then maybe we're frustrated because we're in the wrong place, or maybe we're in the place where God wants us, but we have not... Turned it over to Him. And some need to surrender your workplace and your work to Jesus this morning. Some can find no benefit in your work because you're frustrated. Not just because of your work. Because you don't have the peace of God in your life. Because you've never accepted Jesus Christ publicly as your personal Lord and Savior. Some need to put your spiritual life and work here in this church by joining by letter or statement or baptism. Some need to come just thanking God that you have the health to work because I am constantly visiting folks who can no longer work and they say if I could just go back to work I would feel so much better about myself and my family. Whatever decision you have this morning I'm going to pray then we're going to stand. I want you to come and surrender what God wants you to do. Don't worry about gathering things up. You're going to be out on time. Don't worry about uh, who's doing what but just What you're supposed to do before the Lord today. Father, this is your time. It's holy time because you're here. You have your way with us. Father, let us make the decisions that need to be made publicly for Jesus Christ and for his glory. It's in his name that I pray. Amen.